This next song is kind of about making it through your day. This one's called Roll Fast.
You want to play any more, or do you want to go on to the interview? Yeah, you want to talk a little bit, and then yeah, we'll kind of go we'll come back. back? Absolutely. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. I'm Jeff Chrisman, and uh, of course, I'm sure as you all know, Darren Sipaneri, Matt Morgan on the drums. Uh, we'll also be talking to comedian Lady Van Horn a little later in the evening, and uh, we'll kind of start with a uh, little, little bit of an interview, and hear a little bit of the story behind the music. Is that eight four six four? Yeah. Oh, appreciate it, man. Let's see here. It's better now. It's better now. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Really enjoyed that. I know uh, that we've actually had a chance to sit down and, and talk some before about your life and uh, and how you got started playing music. What I was thinking is uh, it'd be interesting, and I don't want to put you on the spot necessarily, but if you wanted to talk a little bit about those two songs that you played, or even one of them in terms of maybe. The uh, kind of what was behind you writing those? And yeah, the first song, man, years are catching up on me. I'm like 27 now. About to <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that one when I was like probably 14 or 15. And it was hard to hear because I didn't have my sound type, but it's all about uh, kind of getting older and to the point of your life that you're just trying to start to make money. Yeah. And nobody is making any money, so it's kind of about the struggle, you know, <laughs> day to day. It's funny, when I was younger and wrote Paradise, um, a lot of people didn't understand it, but as I've gotten older, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I usually use it in my intro song because it's simple, quick, and fun to check the sound, make sure everything goes well. But I had a girl the other day, literally was like, you, I heard one song, and it was like everything in my life. Wow. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, it's like my day-to-day life. And I was like, which one? And she's like, the first one you played. I was like, that's awesome because I would have never guessed. Wow, A little man. eighth grader writing a song that can relate when you're older. Wow. <laughs> it was just fun. Yeah. Um, Roll Fast kind of came to me. Um, the music came to me first, and I just kept playing through it. And the only thing I could think about at that time, because I, I had two jobs, I was in college, and I was trying to do music at the same time. I was just trying to say, you know, keep going forward as much as you can is the whole song. Like, all you can do is keep going forward. Life's hard, no matter what aspect of life you're in. Some are much harder than others in different, you know, eras of your life and different people, but... You just have to keep moving forward, man, and keep rolling. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm wondering, too, as far as are there, have there been any periods in your life that you can look to where you see that the music, actually, you know, writing songs and performing has kind of helped get you through, you oh, know, a yeah. time that was, that was I mean, tough? Or? Since I was a kid, like, why I got to where I am at least, and I'm not the best guitarist by any means for how long I've played, but how I've got to it is uh, when I was, like, in middle school going through all my downward depression hormonal times that everybody goes through i would just play guitar even not knowing how to play it Hmm. and just because i like the sound so i kind of started venting through that and making things up that sounded awful for a very very long time i have family members tell me they're like god you were so bad at the beginning i'm glad you got better (laughs) (laughs) but but i uh i just keep going at it because it's always been my vent and a lot of my best songs have came from my lowest times Hmm. Much easier to write a, a, a sad song because I feel like we're a lot of us are on the downward spiral a lot more than we're on the upward spiral. You know, you catch the highs, but you remember the lows more, which is a sad thing. But uh, I try my best to write happier music just to distract people from the sad times in their life and their down times. Yeah, yeah. So do you find that in some cases that you find that people will really identify in a different way with you know, the happy songs versus the ones that are a little, you know, that yeah. reflect those tougher times? I, uh, people respond to both. 
I'm very blessed to where I'll play like a big set at like the Paseo Arts Festival or Norman Music Fest or something, and everybody seems to have a different favorite song, which I think is really cool. I'm hoping that benefits me later. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just one song that everybody likes, you know? Um, but I, uh, I identify with my songs. I mean, throughout my life, they just seem to change. So I'm hoping that keeping them in a general like way that I say the lyrics It'll, it'll keep going to where everybody can identify it in different ways uh, or different songs in different times in their life. Yeah. Hopefully that helps everybody out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just here to help distract somebody from their lowest times if I can. So, like, to emphasize their lowest times sometimes is upsetting, but it also, a lot of times, you can feel less alone if mm. you're attached to the sadder songs. I, uh, I used to sing a lot of sad songs, but uh, one time this really, really drunk girl came up and got on stage and dropped to her knees and was like beating on me and crying oh, wow. that the song was too sad. Her boyfriend had to drag her away. I was like, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> I was like, it's too much for me, man. I was like, I don't know what you're going through with my song, but it wasn't what I wrote it about. But I did write it about a sad time. It just wasn't your sad time. Wow, man. That's, are there any memorable stories that as far as people have shared with you, just, you know, things maybe that they were dealing with that you know, I, particular uh, song? I haven't had, like, anybody tell me a specific time in their life. I have had people, like, like I know my song, My Phoenix, which I'll play tonight, is about a lot of the powerful women that have been in my life and hmm. going through ups and downs. I've had a lot of women come up and relate to it on their own terms, and I've had a lot of men and women relate to it with their mothers or their grandmothers or, or whoever took care of them when their mothers couldn't at the time or those kind of things. Um, a lot of my... My hungover, I'm not going to play those tonight, but hungover, little drops of medicine, and those ones that are more about drinking and my downtimes in my life, I have had people come up with stories, but I don't remember them because I was probably slightly intoxicated when they told me to. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't play those unless I'm at a bar, and if I'm at a bar, a lot of the times you get paid in drinks. So yeah, yeah. You just got to get your pay while you can and when you can. Yeah. Do you have any, are there certain uh, places or certain venues or events that you kind of feel like there's, you know, some of the, you know, more, you know, some of the, uh, the, the sad, somewhat more of the sad songs, you know, versus more of the uplifting or do you, do you kind of get, I was guess I'm curious how you get a sense of. I like to go, I like to take the, if it's a long show, the journey of the show kind of have its ups and downs. Like I'll play a couple of the Saturn and then a few of the, the happier ones. Um, I don't write set lists or anything, so I just kind of feel out the crowd. Hmm. But a lot of my sadder songs, just the topics aren't real child friendly, and I don't like being—I don't like having to play a sad song because the, the kids at like all the big arts festivals that are all ages and all that—they're so happy and excited and dancing and all that that I try to keep the energy up. Oh. But, but in bars, if you play a whole bunch of love songs, you kind of get shut down after a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll get you. <laughs> I remember the last last time I played at a real rough bar, I played like four or five love songs, and then all the guys started ripping into me with all their comments and stuff. So then I pl played my song called Hungover, so guess where that one came from? And everybody loved it and came back. I was like, okay, now I'll play a bunch of those songs and then finish it with a couple of the happy ones, sandwich them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, to a certain degree, are you just kind of taking a shot when you do that? I mean, when you're kind of guessing, you may be what, what people are really wanting to hear. I, uh, you can kind of feel an audience, whether they're looking at you or not, whether they're talking to each other or not. There's different kinds of venues. Like sometimes you're there for background music. Sometimes you're there to be seen, you know. But you can usually read, and you can really read drunk people because they're very loud about it. 
So they'll, they'll let you know in the crowd. Not, not afraid to speak up, yeah, right? Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I would ask you, too, kind of looking at the kind of the long view, I mean, I guess if I would ask you maybe some of the more formative lessons that you've learned along the way as far as, you know, writing, you know, putting songs out there and, and performing. and I, uh, I feel like when I first started playing, people didn't really, they weren't really, like, receptive of it until I started sharing all the songs I didn't want to share because they were too deep to me. So I feel like really a lot of people attach to your your real strong emotions. And when you try to cover it up, I'm not the best storyteller, so a lot of my stuff I might make more generalized, but they come from something, you know. So I had to, I, I think Hungover was the first one that I let out, and I was really, like, kind of cautious about it. And I played it at a party one day, and they went crazy. And then I kept playing it and playing it, and everybody loved it. And nobody judged me for what I wrote it for or asked me. They just <laughs> assumed their own lives. So I was like, okay. So it has to come from a really deep space for other people to relate, unless you're just a great fictional writer, which there are many people out there, but I'm just not one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've tried. It just doesn't come across as emotional, I think. Yeah, and I've wondered, too, as far as you know, with, with you know, singer-songwriters – you know, that becoming so much more popular if you look over the last several decades, you know, you'd seem to see that that is so much more popular. It's gained a lot of popularity over the years and continues to. I have to wonder, I don't know if you have any ideas about maybe why people tend to, to gravitate towards that. Or? So I had, I helped a band that was touring through called Rock Child from L.A. And I was kind of, I helped them get some venues here because they didn't know the people. And it could be really hard for a touring band to come into another state that nobody knows. And I got it set up for them, and I was talking to them, and they're like, man, they're like, we cannot make it in L.A. We're an indie band, all independent, but for some reason, people have this, this perception of it's not a completely independent person because it was a whole band behind it. So they think you're signed, or they think you're dealing with some other company, and they said that singer-songwriter stuff's exploded because they want the most independent thing they can see. I don't know if that's like a cultural difference that's changed over time, mm. you know, but I, it's definitely, I've seen it a lot. People want to hear that one person sing. It helps me out. It used to be that you had to, you know, be a master guitar player like Jimmy Page or Steve Vai or something to even be heard. And now people just want to hear your story. Wow. It's probably a lot more relatable than somebody shredding on a guitar and you've never played the instrument. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, too, in terms of that vulnerability, I mean, when you were talking before about, you know, some, being hesitant to share certain songs, I mean, that's you. I mean, you're really putting that out there, right? I mean, you're yeah. literally, I mean, you're it's sharing. A lot. It's like a poet saying something, but you just put it to a melody. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wonder, too, uh, that for going back to the first time, if you can, uh, if I could ask you what it was like when, you know, the first time that you performed, if it, going back to that, if, so just, you know, kind of what that felt like. The and, very first time I ever performed in front of people I didn't know was, uh, I went to my friends up in Mike at Sauce. I had no idea what Sauce on Pasea was or Oklahoma City by any means. So I just went and he knew me for a long time and he played and he was like, Hey man, play a couple songs. And he had his strings wound terribly on his guitar and I went to play and his string popped off completely. And I kind of got embarrassed, stumbled over all my words, tried to do it again, failed, and just kind of left in embarrassment. And uh, if you look at my guitar, my strings are perfect now. We'll never be messed up from that experience. <laughs> I'm real, just, I have to have it perfect. Um, but then I went home, and from that experience, I just practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced every day, all day, until I had enough songs to go back to Sauce and play 15 minutes 
And I went, and there were some other musicians there because I sat alone that came up and recognized me for the first time and said they really liked the songs that I did complete. And they're like, man, like, things happen. Like, obviously, your string popped up, popped off. All the musicians knew it. You know, not everybody else can see what's going on on stage. But they really built me up, and uh, I'm still friends with those guys today. And I went up, and I played that show. And then ever since that show, I've gotten called for pretty much every gig I've had. So I'm glad they built me up because I was really nervous, and they gave me some confidence I needed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder, too, as far as the, the community aspect of this, if you could speak a little bit to that as far as what that's meant to you in terms of other, you know, working with other musicians. Oh, Oklahoma is very tight-knit. There's not a lot of people for the audience, like as you probably know, right, for comedians. Like I, I go everywhere I go. I see the same kind of people, you know, I see at least two or three people that I know from the last place I played or different things, which is cool. It's just, it's hard to really make uh, an income around Oklahoma as an artist. So most of the people in your audience are artists because we try to support each other and build each other up. And I really get a lot of drive from my six, you know, well, not even successful artist friends, but the ones who have started from the beginning and work all the time, have jobs, do all these things, but they constantly work on their art to improve it and expand it's, yeah. it's not easy to add another job that doesn't pay to your already paying job oh yeah yeah just with all the time you know time and effort yeah, that you a, put into this it's a lot of time yeah yeah do you ever find sometimes that uh maybe the you know kind of being pressed for time or just the pressures of juggling all this do you think some in some ways that in some ways maybe affects or informs your music or yeah sometimes i feel like i'm too busy to write so when i do get those times to write i try to sit down and really focus because i have i just you, you get caught up playing shows especially with i have a very specific busy season this summer being an acoustic artist a lot of patios and outside festivals so in the winter time when i do get times i try to sit down and pay more attention to getting new music out for the next year because otherwise, I'll get stopped. I'll get stuck doing the same show over and over again for too long, and it's not as entertaining for me to play or for the audience to hear. I feel like you have to throw something new in the mix every once in a while. Yeah, that's what I'm always wondering. Is is there kind of a? I mean, if you go back, let's say a year ago, two years ago, is it almost like in some ways? Is it a snapshot? If if you were to go back and kind of look at the songs you were performing, would it kind of reflect maybe where you were in life? Maybe let's say two years ago or three years ago. Yeah, it does because some songs will mean more to me at times. I want to play them more often, but then as I've gotten older and playing more and more, I started casting out a lot of people's favorite songs because I was tired of playing them, and I feel like you can't do that because you have to. <laughs> you really have to appreciate what anybody wants to hear. Yeah. Know? So I've kind of as I've gotten older, I started to appreciate a lot of the songs that I used to be bored of. Yeah. And they're fun to me because other people find them fun. So it's a, it's a journey and experience for me on one side of the microphone and speakers and everybody else on the other side. Very together. interesting. Yeah. I've, and I've often heard the term before, like musician's music. Like you hear some music that will be referred yeah. to. And I, I guess is there really that aspect? I mean, there is like the stuff that you like to re- that you enjoy playing. But then at the same time, you've got to balance that. Oh, you know. definitely. And what I listen to and the shows I go to, I find. Because if I go... I have some friends that do like a math rock thing, really complex um, drums, and it's all instrumental and guitar. And they're my—they're probably my favorite band around. They're called Giraffe Massacre, which hmm. is funny because they—they uh, they just put two words together that were complete opposite. Like, what's the craziest thing? Um, I've known them for a long time now, but the first time I saw them play, it blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, these are ta- guys are talented. But uh, usually, when you go, their shows are packed, but it's all musicians. Because oh, wow. I feel like a lot of people who don't play and aren't musicians 
can't necessarily relate to as complex sounds and different things as a musician can. So I, uh, I've read a lot on Kurt Cobain as a writer because he's a really you know successful rock writer. He's a legend, really. But uh, he said over and over again to make it more simple so that people can perceive it. So I try to write my songs as simple as possible so other people can actually enjoy the music who aren't musicians. Gotcha, gotcha. So when you're writing, you're, 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 I assume you're always kind of keeping that in mind as something kind of takes yeah, shape. I, and... I like to throw little, like, like fun little sounds and things in, but if it gets too complicated, first of all, it's harder to play, and you have you know more chance to mess up in front of people. But second of all, it's just sometimes it's a little too much for somebody who doesn't just know what you're doing when you're playing it. They can't appreciate it the same way. Oh, yeah. They don't really have to. They're not musicians, so they're just trying to enjoy and sing to a song, you know. Oh, yeah. And then as far as other, you know, as far as other genres, I mean, are there, are there other genres of music that you particularly like to listen to? I listen to just about everything. Hmm. I try to keep as expanded as possible, and I listen to Pandora a lot, just sifting through all kinds of different things, hoping for a new song. Um, I'm always looking for a rabbit hole to go down to in music. I get uh, I listen to music when I wake up to go to bed pretty much. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. And I'm yeah. like, I need something new sometimes. Yeah. Do you think unconsciously in some ways that probably informs, you know, when you end up sitting down to write a song or when you start, when something starts to take shape, is some of that possibly, you know, things that maybe you've absorbed? And Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've written a lot of songs. And it's funny because I'll try to, like, mimic a sound but nobody else hears it but me but they're like oh that's a great song but i mean like there's been times like i've written songs when the black keys started getting big i really like that sound and tried to like do a similar kind of style but it, it sounded still like me but people liked it modest mouse was a big influence when they blew up with their strum patterns and things made it to where i could look at my songs and be like i need a little bit more here and there because they're so complex and awesome i love modest mouse yeah and uh yeah that's happened a lot Actually, I couldn't take everything from Led Zeppelin, even though, you know, I love Led Zeppelin's my favorite, <laughs> but I had to expand somewhat because I'm not nearly as good as Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess to kind of go a little bit, move a little bit away from music as far as, and I just kind of, this just kind of occurred to me in the moment as far as, are there any writers or, you know, any, uh, you know, you know, like even looking at other arts like film, visual art, are there any, any other kind of art forms that you think maybe have spoken to you in some way or inform your music? My, my music, I don't feel like has been influenced a lot by other things besides my own life and music, but I appreciate all art forms. And I wish I could do more with them. I can't draw a straight line, so I can't really draw a picture. Oh, me neither. I'm <laughs> I, right there with you. <laughs> I can mess with some colors and smudge them around, but I don't consider it as nice as a lot of the people yeah. that I've seen. But I appreciate all art forms. I think it's awesome. Every type of art that you can think of is just an expression of your emotions and soul. Yeah, yeah. And then as far as, uh, I guess, getting to, you know, kind of looking at... Uh, I guess what I'm trying to kind of look at is where, when you're, you know, in a certain place in your life... Do you, uh, I guess I'm just trying to think of the best way to ask this. Uh, are there, I mean, can you, can you find distinct periods in your life? I mean, if you were to look back, I mean, can you, are there certain periods of time where you of can where say I this was a lot? Yeah. Yeah. I could see a lot of different times. <laughs> yeah. I can see a lot of ups and downs. I, uh, I can pretty much pick out any song I play and remember the exact moment I, when I wrote it. It's just, it's funny to me that a lot of my favorite songs don't mean the same things as when I wrote them anymore to me. Yeah. A lot of like, uh, I'll play it tonight. Um, I have the God Carry Me song, which is getting released this month, which is fun. 
and it's going to be free, so SoundCloud for everybody. Going to have God carry me out for the single. Uh, that one I wrote, and almost immediately, just it just kept changing meaning to me. And it still helps me through my day now. So I'm like, man, I'm glad I wrote that for myself. <laughs> just to help me out. I hope it helps others, but it's helping me out. Yeah. I needed that one. I had a really rough day to where I sat on the floor, and I had my guitar, and I was like, I'm not leaving this floor until I write a song. And that's what came out. So. Wow, man. Wow. And then as far as I know, you talked about kind of like having a busy season in the summer and doing more, you know, outdoor performances. Do you tend to uh, uh, journal in some way or do you, as far as if you're going to say, if, let's say, for instance, let's say like, you know, tomorrow you're going to wake up it, just hypothetically and you were going to start actually writing some music. Do you have any certain ways in which you kind of save certain thoughts that you have or is it just more that you're kind of carrying it with you in your head? And I, uh, I usually carry it with my, in my head. Most of the songs that I write down when I write, I can't remember or relate to for some reason. So I'll play a song over and over again and write it in my head. And if I remember it, it's usually worth playing again. Hmm. So I, uh, I don't keep a lot of journals or anything. If the only thing I would do, or sometimes is I'll, if I get a melody in my head with some lyrics or just the melody alone, I'll record it on my cell phone. So I remember it later. Oh, cause yeah. every time I've said, Oh, I'll definitely remember that. I've never remembered. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's so good to be able to actually have something so handy yeah. to be able to do I that. Know, cell phones. It's a blessing <laughs> and a curse. Do you ever, I mean, sometimes is there, is there a melody that comes before the words or is it usually the other way around? Or um, is it... There's been a, most of the time I write the music first, hmm. um, but almost all of my most successful songs, I wrote the lyrics and melody in my head first and then wrote the music around it, which is a much more difficult process to me. I'm not a master guitar player, so I can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play this chord progression right now, and that's what I hear in my head. So it takes a lot of trial and error. Yeah, yeah. Do you, is there ever kind of a time when you, it's kind of a strange question, I think, but it, do you kind of know when it's right, you know, when, at least when you feel like it's right or when, you, when, you're, when, it's the, when you're there? Most of the time when I really think it's a good song or if I really think a song on the radio or something I hear breaks through to me, I get goosebumps. Wow. And that's, that's really like a sign to me that I'll, I'll listen to a song on the radio and be like, oh, man, that's a fantastic song because I just feel a rush over me. I'm like, I have to hear that 50 times in a row. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then as far as, I guess, just talking a little bit to kind of, kind of widen the lens a little bit, just as far as any thoughts that you have about the music scene here in Oklahoma City and, you know, even, even beyond singer-songwriters or if you want to talk a little bit about that, just your thoughts on, yeah, on what, a, you, what you're I'm, seeing. And, I'm really happy on how the general art scene's been improving around here and people are starting to notice it and want it. It's nice. Um, a lot of venues, when I, when I started... There were some places that were doing music, but it was kind of set in stone. If people didn't know you, you couldn't play or perform. Hmm. So a lot of, I mean, ACM UCO, which I went to, that was a big breakthrough to where they started sending their feelers out and begging people to let them have musicians play. And, you know, when you're being asked for it by successful musicians like that, people let it happen, especially for colleges and, and charities and things. But I've seen even the younger business people coming up with restaurants and like a lot of hookah lounges and things. Hmm. They're begging for live music, and they've let a lot of me and my friends, a lot of us, just take over. And they don't they don't pay, they don't charge, and we just do whatever. And a lot of my friends play all these shows, and it's it's benefited the businesses a lot. Oh wow! And in turn, it's benefited the musicians a lot, and people know them now because there was a spot to perform. Oh, yeah, just getting that exposure. Yeah, because it used to be, it was hard to find an open mic. Now you could find, there's probably like 
at least one almost every day of the week in the city. Wow. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's yeah, that's definitely an increase for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you uh, is that kind of what you'd recommend to people if I mean if they're actually getting started doing this? Is it is it best to uh... especially in like my genre or like if you're a singer songwriter, open mics are the best things for you. Like I still play them when I have a day off and I know one's around. You know, because you never know who's going to be there and see you. I would just say keep playing as much as you can and put yourself in front of as many people as you can at all times. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people get caught up in trying to get paid, but there's a lot of people doing what we do. You know, it's like, yeah, well, what, what separates you from them? It's like I, they're going to hire the person who has a, a successful record first. So you have to at least have a portfolio first and go chase it. And me, I just, I just love to perform. It's, it's something that if I don't perform for a couple months, I feel really antsy and anxious and start mm. craving it. I don't know what it is because I get stage fright like crazy sometimes, and it still it feels great when it's done. It's like, oh god, yeah, I finally got it out. I had to play. Oh yeah, and then as far as just I guess and asked you as we kind of come towards the end of this, maybe just understanding, you know, in your own words, you know, what your connection is with with your fans and and what all you know what that means to you, and maybe how that's changed your life in some way. Yeah, I uh, the support from my family at first. My family's huge, so all my first shows were packed, but it was all family, which was really awesome. That was a blessing because I didn't have to sit there and play to nobody and be like real. Well, at first I did on purpose because I was too nervous to play in front of my family. I just went to the Paseo with a guitar on my back and told no one and started Mm. playing. But once I felt comfortable, it was cool to have it packed. I kept getting more and more shows because I'd fill them up. But it was like my cousins and aunts and uncles. And now that I've had all these friends that I, I've met over the years and they've enjoyed it, the support just it keeps me going. I mean, it's it's I, I still play empty shows and I play packed shows, but when all my friends show up, the show's just more fun. Oh yeah, you, know, you get to enjoy it. it's like a party with all your friends. Oh at the same yeah, same time as your show going on. And you think about just all the different entertainment options there are. I mean, people are living such busy lives, and there's so much, you know, it's, it, with you know, just with social media. I heard somebody say the other day, you're almost competing with a comfortable couch yeah. and Netflix, you know, just to, for people to get up and get out oh, man, and be I willing get to. On a video game, I'm probably not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand. <laughs> if I'm comfortable and I'm relaxed, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going out. So anybody who goes out of their way to come to a show, I really appreciate. So yeah. thank you all. You guys are awesome. Look at Dash over there. He's a local hip hop artist. He's been oh, wow. around town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, Darren. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, this has been good, just to get a little bit more insight into your process. It's and great to see and you again. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much. Well, and you, you maybe share another tune. And, yeah. Yeah. Sounds you. great. <laughs>